hello, and welcome back to the Say Thanks More podcast. I am Marie Murataya, also known as Marie, and I'm going to dub myself the Grateful SLP. I haven't done that. I usually say Marie the SLP, but let's just say Marie the Grateful SLP because branding, right? Um, I am feeling super excited to just get on here and ramble. Um, I had an interesting staff meeting a couple weeks ago that I'm still thinking about and still reflecting on. And I, um, I wanted to bring it to the podcast because I thought there was some information that my principal shared that was really important and powerful. And I really am grateful for him to him for sharing this information. So we're going to get right into it. So take a moment, take a breath. And I want you to think of one word to describe where you're at right now, what you're feeling, um, the you know energy that you have, whatever it is. What's one word? Just think about it. Say it out loud. I'm just you know my word right now is grounded. I feel really grounded today. Maybe because my sister came over for dinner, and I feel good after we have a conversation. I don't know. Anyways, okay. So a couple weeks ago, I had a staff meeting. Now, if you're school-based like me, sorry, I'm going to shuffle some papers really fast because I have something I'm looking at. But if you're school-based like me, oh, I'm sorry if you can hear the background noise. My cat decided now is the perfect time to get her exercise in. And she, if you own a cat or have ever lived with a cat, there's like a certain point at night where they just all of a sudden, they're like little terrier dogs. At least my cat is. And she like goes up and down the stairs jumps on all the furniture. She's doing parkour. Oh, it's funny. So if you hear her again, apologies. Anyways, <laughs> being a school-based SLP means I get to, now notice how I said I get to, not I have to, I get to partake in our monthly staff meetings where we stay a little bit later on a Monday afternoon than we're typically used to, to all gather and our admin talk about important information, and if your admin are like mine, they might be trying to create some unity and and uh, mindfulness, which I do, again, appreciate. Um, and so this particular Monday, I was not excited to go to the staff meeting. We were coming off of a four-day weekend, and I was like, really? I also am very used to being, since I'm a speech pathologist, used to getting excused pretty early in the staff meeting. So when I figured out I was probably staying till the very end, I was a little bit frustrated, but but we had the opening um, handout be a, I guess, article, yeah, article, entitled, What is Negativity Bias? by Kendra Cherry. And our principal had us read it, and then he had us kind of talk about it. Um, and then he led a discussion about it. So it was interesting because as I read it, now I've never looked at some of the things I've talked about before on here or on Instagram or wherever. Um, I've never looked at it as necessarily thinking about the phrase negativity bias. I typically talk about, um, I talk about these types of things as uh, maybe more of like n negative mindset or the need to shift your mindset. Um, but so it's interesting, but it was what I liked about this. And this is, again, I told you I'm rambling. I'm using this as a source of inspiration, but I have, I have some points here. 
What I liked about this, so the article goes into talking about negativity bias and what it is. So let's just give you the definition here that Kendra lays out. Um, Negative bias is our tendency not only to register negative stimuli more readily, but also to dwell on these events. Um, Also known as positive to negative asymmetry, this negativity bias means that we feel the sting of rebuke more powerfully than we feel the joy of praise. This psychological phenomenon explains why bad first impressions can be so difficult to overcome and why past traumas can have such long lingering effects. In almost any interaction, we are more likely to notice negative things and later remember them more vividly. Which makes sense. That's why trauma can follow us for years. That's, I mean, I this morning was driving to work and all of a sudden relived a traumatic incident. And that's why it has the the potential to throw me off for the rest of the day. I guess that would be this negativity bias of where then we lean into that. Um, we maybe decide, you know, well, I guess this is the way it is and we're just going to have to accept this and this is, you know, whatever and we're negative or blah, blah, blah. Um, something interesting that she pointed out that I kind of already talked about, but she points out that as humans, we just ultimately tend to respond more strongly to negative events than to equally positive ones. Now, I thought this was interesting because I don't necessarily want to agree with that statement. Um, and I don't have to agree with that statement only because, yes, we we can respond more negatively to neg- or we can respond more strongly to negative events. And maybe that's the way that we are... Um, kind of, I guess, for lack of a better term, that's the way we are taught. That's the way we might be conditioned um, with certain norms in place and things like that. And I have learned from experience and from daily practices that we don't have to respond more strongly to negative events. In fact, um, maybe we can transform our mindsets, which I talk about, to respond more strongly to positive events. Now I know negative events have the the tendency to totally shift our day. And that's why we probably end up letting them affect us in a greater way than positive events. But why can't we allow those positive thoughts to be what we dwell on? Right. Um, but again, I liked where this conversation went with our, um, with our meeting and, and this article really is a good one. Um, I just, especially for educators, because it's, it's a good thing to keep in mind. There's a, so there's some good nuggets in here, and I'm going to get to them. They're good things to keep in mind as we are working with students, as we are working together, which I think something that has dawned on me is in like working in the schools is sometimes as educators, and I do this too, we get a little bit tunnel visioned and we forget that we're actually working with other amazing professionals because on one hand, things get overwhelming and it's easier just to lock myself in my speech room. Um, and when we do that, we're not opening ourselves up to other perspectives. We're not opening ourselves up to other collaboration and learning opportunities. And it can be something that really honestly leads to burnout because we have this, um, mentality that it's going to be easier if we just go things alone. And then, um, you know, we're not necessarily getting the support or the help we need. And I forget what I was going to say. Oh, but it's just, it, it was something that has dawned on me, um, being a part of a school district and a culture and a one sol- solid school for a number of years now that 
it's really important to have these moments to reflect on things like this. So I just thought this, you know, if you're a, if you're an admin out there, I would I would look look at this article because um, it might be something worth sharing at your next staff meeting to kind of create that that moment of reflection. Um, so something that you know she goes into what the research says. Um, you know how negativity bias can influence motivation. Um, how um, negative news is tend to be perceived as more truthful than positive news, things like that. So she just talks about this whole like general idea of what it is. And she talks about what the brain does, which if you know me, you know, that really made me happy to get the brain research in here. Um, and so this is where I really found it interesting. So I'm going to read you some things and I want you, if you've listened to my podcast before about gratitude practices and the brain, I want you to listen to this with that lens on. Okay. If you haven't heard those podcasts or haven't heard me talk about this before, here's your quick lens. Gratitude can positively change our brain's ability to process information and helps us generate new synapses when we're processing information. Um, and oh, what was the other thing? Oh, and helps with emotional regulation. Okay. So just, just remember that. Cause I'm going to talk to you about some of the things she talks about as far as how negativity bias, um, affects our brain and, and what our brain does. So studies, I guess, have shown, um, that negative stimuli elicit a larger brain response than positive stimuli. Okay. Remember, gratitude reflection is a positive stimuli. Um, <laughs> studies have also shown positive, negative, or neutral. Wait, participants were shown pictures. Oh, when participants were shown pictures of either positive, negative, or neutral images, um, negative images produced a much stronger response in the cerebral cortex than did positive or neutral images. Because negative information causes a surge in activity in the critical information processing area of the brain, our behaviors and attitudes tend to be shaped more powerfully by bad news experiences and information. Okay. Did you hear that? It also affects the processing information in, or areas in the brain. <clears throat> so then she talks about how, like what the effects are, effects on relationships, on decision-making negativity bias can have a profound effect, obviously on relationships, right? Um, something that I found interesting that I have talked about before that really, I saw a lot during this last holiday week with Thanksgiving and everything. When I talked about it on the last podcast was the, the idea of anticipating positive interactions with people versus negative interactions, right? Because this bias might lead us to expect the worst in, in others, especially with our loved ones. And why? Well, maybe we've been burned before, right? Um, maybe um, we negatively anticipate how our partner will react to a situation um, that maybe we're not even in control of. Like I do this with Mark all the time. Um, I know we both get anxious around new people. And if he's meeting new friends of mine or coworkers or whatever, I already start to get anxious and anticipate something negative. Um, so that's really interesting to me because I have seen and talked about in my courses the power of gratitude and how, and, and I say the power of gratitude, but what I mean too is not just gratitude alone, but the power of self-reflection and the power of mindful 
living life through a mindful lens, through um, almost taking away some intentionality in our in our interactions, right? Because we might be intent not intentional, not intentionality, but I guess um, kind of just being a little bit less focused on what we think is going to happen and be more mindful and just aware of situations. It's that self awareness um, and having those solid understandings and then practices of mindfulness have been proven to positively affect relationships, to positively affect our anticip- how we anticipate interactions and things like that. So interesting that this is what negativity bias can cause. And I'm sitting here like, wait a minute, with my whole lens of gratitude, well, I know the anecdote, right? It, wait, antidote, sorry, antidote. It also affects decision-making, which that's been proven also to be positively affected by gratitude practices. Um, But the negative bias can have an influence on decision-making processes. Um, Studies show that people consistently place greater weight on negative aspects of an event than they do positive ones. I've seen this in myself. I have seen this happen with close family members um, where they like, okay, don't, have you ever been in a situation where you remember something really positive about it and like you had a good feeling going out of it and then you talk to somebody maybe even like years later and all they remember are the negative things and you're like, whoa, how, why did you remember all that? Like, remember this really great thing that actually happened? I, that it drives me insane when I remember it one way, especially if it was good and you know, others remember the negative. So that's super interesting to me. Um, Oh, this was cool. I just liked this. She said, people have a stronger negative reaction to losing $20 than the positive feelings they have gained. They have from gaining $20. Guys, that is anti-abundance mindset. Okay. So then she talks about how to overcome negativity bias. Oh, another thing she talked about as far as what it can affect people perception. And so when people maybe have different perspectives or opinions, now this is something that David Round wait, David Stount Rost, the monk, the German monk, he talks about this. If you've seen his TED talk, it's amazing on gratitude, um, leads to happiness, right? Yeah. Um, but he talks about like gratitude, like has been proven to honestly make us more open-minded to be more accepting of others differences. And our perception of others tends to be more positively, uh, focused. So that was just interesting, but let's talk about how to overcome negativity bias. Cause you might already know what I'm going to say here. So the first thing she mentions was stop negative self-talk, which I just thought this is so interesting. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, um, but I did put out an ebook not too long ago. So I'm going to actually find and read you a little something in, um, no, it's right here. And we kind of talked about this last week. Um, but self-talk, shifting our narrative. And I wrote this um, back when I was doing my course. And so I, you know, a lot of it is is not only research-based, but it's actually like discussion-based, which I thought was pretty freaking awesome to be able to include that in in this ebook. And um, before I go on to, if you're interested in looking into my ebook, it's on sale right now at thinksmorris.com. It's called Mindful Habit Making. But anyways, so our personal narratives, right? They have a powerful effect on the energy we bring. We talked about this all last week, guys. Um, 
But when I talk about self-awareness in my courses and with you, um, a big part of our self-awareness is our understanding of how we're thinking with our personal dialogues. When you have thoughts and you're talking to yourself, what is, what are you saying to yourself and how are you saying it? Again, let's talk about the I can't versus the I can try. Two very different, different ways to begin a statement when maybe you're asked a question or um, somebody brings something new to the table. So knowing that maybe having sort of this negativity bias and maybe I call it more of like a gray cloud or I don't know, but something that I know works in terms of shifting that, that gray cloud away or whatever is starting within, is building that self-awareness and really understanding how we talk about ourselves. And that's the first thing she says. Guys, self-awareness is the first thing I go over in my mindful habit-making course. I just thought this was so cool. Um, She says, start paying attention to the types of thoughts that run through your mind. What? Michael Singer talks about this too in The Untethered Soul. Um, And you know, you you can catch yourself. It doesn't have to be in the moment. It could be after something takes place. After something takes place, it's negative. You start thinking about it. That's okay. Think about it, you know, and then try and catch yourself when you feel those negative things. Let that kind of trigger your mind to then think about how you're talking to yourself because your negative self-talk, your negative narrative shifts your mindset and your positive one also shifts it. So that's a great place to start to kind of transform these things. And she says that's the first that's the first thing she mentions. I don't know if she says that's the very first place to start, but that's what I recommend because you're not again, like when I talk about practicing gratitude, you are not going to be able to really allow the power of gratitude to affect you if you're not in tune with you. If you are not and you don't have to feel super aligned and super grounded 100% of the time. But You have to be willing to do the work, to look inward, to take responsibility for your narrative because it's there that it begins. When you start shifting your narrative, you'll realize you're doing it outward. You're expressing those words to others. And it's a freaking amazing like trickle effect. Can we make it like into a big tsunami? Can we do that, friends? Let's do it. I think we could. Just start like... One thing I people have noticed I do now, instead of saying I have to, what you heard me do this earlier, is I get to. And somebody recently was like, you get to. I'm like, yep, I get to go to the dentist. And then I explained it. And she was like, huh. And my, my hope is that now that person is kind of thinking along the same lines and doing the same things and explaining it to other people. It takes one And we can, you know, we can all be, you're all in different states. We're not just in California. Like this could be an impact anyways. So that was the first thing she said. She also talks about reframing the situation, which honestly goes right along with that shifting your narrative. You can reframe it. You can do what I call looking for the opportunities in the situation. It's, it's hard to do at first, but when you can say, how is this an opportunity for me? Beautiful, beautiful things happen. Um, something that I thought was fun and I really like to try and establish but have a hard time. She talks about establishing new patterns. Now, if you're like me and you have a set like routine, you understand that that could be hard. But I do think it's important to try to 
in order to like really, um, motivate that inward shift, do something outward, change up your morning routine, add in a movement session every day, you know, in your exercise or whatever it is. Um, go for walks. I want to go back, get back to walking every day. That was amazing. Um, she talks about savoring positive moments, which to me, this just meant daily gratitude journaling because you're savoring positive moments. You're going home or you're going to bed or whatever, reflecting on all those positive moments every day. And you know, I love my prompt list. Good. Three good things that happened to you today. And do you remember why I love that prompt so much? Because when you list three good things that happened to you, or even one, if you put write down one good thing that happened to you today, I, I really encourage you to try this today. Your brain thinks that you're actually doing it all over again, that you're experiencing it, experiencing it all over again. So I don't know if you, I don't know what, okay. Why can't I think of something good? I don't know. I'm staring at my house plant. Let's say somebody brings me a house plant as just a, as a gift. Okay. That's probably the worst example, but you get it right. And it makes me feel so good. Hours later, I'm home, I'm getting ready for bed. I'm doing my gratitude journaling and I write down, you know, something good that happened to me was, you know, Mark giving me a new fiddle leaf. Maybe that's something I really want. I don't know. But (laughs) when I do that, my brain actually releases dopamine and my serotonin rises as if it just happened. So that's a good trick. That's a good trick to savor those positive moments. So my friends, thank you for letting me ramble. Um, that, that is the article. I just thought I'd walk you through it and I thought it was so interesting and very awesome that my principal introduced that to me. You don't find that everywhere, right? I think that's one of the reasons why I don't really like, like as much as I know, maybe I won't be in the position I am forever. Right. Um, I know that I really appreciate where I'm at right now for reasons like this, for more reasons than this, but This is something that I can truly, you know, sit down. And when I say I'm grateful for my job, this is one of the reasons why. So thank you to my principal. If you know who, you know, I'm not going to put out any names, but if for some reason he listened to my podcast, I hope this is the episode he listens to. Um, And that's that. Friend, what was your word? What was your word? I mean, I know I can't hear you, but just reflect on that again. Do you have a new word now? Do you um, do you have a word that you're going to focus on? Hmm, I don't know. I want to say I am so grateful for you, for listening, for being here, and just to remind you, every once in a while, I like to give you a little surprise um, to say thank you for listening and being a, a huge fan of the podcast, not of me, of the podcast and a supporter of the podcast. Um, And so as my thank you to you, I want you to know you can use the code podcast 15 and get 15% off of anything in the shop. Um, Journals are currently restocked, although with the holidays uh, they could sell out. So I'd say jump on it. And um, I will also be at a, if you're local, This Friday in Rancho Cucamonga, I will be at Victoria Gardens at their Christmas market. I'm so excited. I'll be selling journals and meeting you guys and um, talking all about gratitude. So 
maybe I'll see you there. Other than that, I hope you have a beautiful day and I will talk to you next week. Bye.